This episode is brought to you by Paladin, the premier technology provider for multi-channel networks and digital media companies, including Maker Studios, Awesomeness TV, Studio 71, and more. The Paladin platform streamlines processes, increases efficiency, and grows revenue for media companies that represent more than 200,000 content creators and a collective 15 billion monthly views. Visit paladinsoftware.com to learn more or request a product demo. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and this is the final episode in a four-part history about multi-channel networks. If you missed the first three installments, I recommend you go back and listen to them now. Today, we're talking about the most recent period in the evolution of multi-channel networks, what I call MCN 3.0. If MCN 1.0 was a land grab personified by scaled networks like Maker and Fullscreen, and MCN 2.0 emphasized international growth and vertical specialization, a la Dance On and Whistle Sports, then MCN 3.0 is focused on multi-platform expansion and subscription video on demand. YouTube is no longer the only game in town. It has become a very crowded platform, and many up-and-coming creators are turning to new sites where they can grow audience faster. Not only that, but some content performs better or simply necessitates a presence on other platforms, like Instagram for fashion and beauty creators. And finally, brands are increasingly looking for broad activations that cross-promote across social sites for maximum impact. The end result? Multi-platform reach has become table stakes, both for creators and networks. Because of this, some within our industry have stopped referring to online video networks as MCNs, and rather as MPNs, multi-platform networks. Somewhere along the line, MCN became a dirty word, associated with scaled networks that provided poor service to creators and built an arbitrage business on YouTube AdSense rev shares. So in that sense, the term MPN seems to be an effort on the part of those who want to distance themselves from the MCN 1.0 business model. Clearly, some of the terminology is a holdover from the YouTube-centric world of a few years ago. But if you think of the MCN moniker broadly in reference to online distribution channels rather than just YouTube channels, the name still fits. At the end of the day, whatever term you choose doesn't really matter. The takeaway is that successful creator networks of the future must provide value for talent across all major online video platforms. The other notable difference in the MCN 3.0 period is a heavier emphasis on alternative revenue streams. E-commerce is one such revenue stream that savvy creators are leveraging with great success. Michelle Fon's beauty subscription service Ipsy and Bethany Moda's clothing line with teen retailer Air Pistol are two examples from the beauty space, perhaps the most active vertical pursuing e-commerce and affiliate marketing today. But we're also witnessing up-and-coming musicians promoting singles and concert tours, travel influencers peddling hotel brands and vacation packages, and creators of all stripes, from Minecraft gamers to daily vloggers selling merch, t-shirts, phone cases, and more. This is just the beginning. Not only can we expect more talent to explore e-commerce opportunities, but we will see entire businesses being built through the power of online video audiences. The larger revenue opportunity for creators and media companies alike is that offered by Subscription Video On Demand, or SVOD services, which charge users a monthly fee for ads-free access to content. When online video platforms like YouTube and Dailymotion launched, it was more viable to pursue an ad-supported model since providing free access to content encouraged rapid scale and user growth. But with the growing popularity of subscription business models in other areas, 
and motivated by the incredible success of Netflix, online video platforms are realizing that SVOD offers more stable and predictable cash flow, better unit economics, and less dependence on brand budgets for survival. Telecoms are some of the biggest players in the SVOD arms race, making big bets in subscription video to help offset falling RPUs, that is, average revenue per user, as mobile voice usage near saturation. With so much online video traffic happening on mobile devices, it's a natural move for telecoms to promote increased data usage to grow revenues and pursue vertical integration. AT&T got into the game through its Otter Media investment in Fullscreen, and Verizon has demonstrated an even greater appetite, making a big push into online video through recent acquisitions in AOL, Complex, and Yahoo, as well as investments in Awesomeness TV and MeToo, and the launch of its own mobile SVOD service for short-form content, Go90. Other entrants vying for audience subscriptions are Vessel, founded by former Hulu CEO Jason Kylar, Comcast's Watchable, and Amazon Instant Video. YouTube, not to be outdone, launched its own subscription service in October 2015, an ads-free version of all content on its site called YouTube Red. Successful niche players have also emerged, like Crunchyroll for anime and Viki for Korean dramas. So why does the recent SVOD phenomenon merit inclusion as one of the primary hallmarks of the MCN 3.0 period? For one, it's become a significant revenue stream for every major MCN, as networks produce original programming or license catalog content to the new subscription services. It's also become incredibly pervasive. There are already more than 200 SVOD offerings and counting, some of which have been launched by MCNs, while the others remain very dependent on the content that they can provide. And finally, the description is relevant because I expect the current SVOD craze to be short-lived. Not that SVOD's going anywhere, but the market simply can't support so many competing services, and the massive funding being pumped into the system won't last forever. I predict that in two to three years, we'll see a few winners and a lot of losers, as competitive pressures and M&A activity drive consolidation. So now that we understand that background, let's take a closer look at the newest wave of MCNs. The first is Three Black Dot, which was formed in 2013 by former Machinima execs Angelo Pullen and Luke Steepleton, alongside popular gaming creators Adam Montoya, aka CNanners, and Tom Cassell, aka The Syndicate Project. The network represents a small number of hand-select gaming talent and is developing original content, merchandise, and live events. Three Black Dot is also creating its own game studio, with the goal of releasing new titles to its built-in distribution network. Another ambitious project undertaken by the Three Black Dot team is the launch of the Jetpack MCN. Announced in November 2014, Jetpack is a subscription-based network that charges creators a fixed monthly fee rather than a revenue share for services. With this approach, Jetpack aims to address what it views as three issues with traditional MCNs. Number one, infinite revenue share for finite service. Number two, lack of transparency and nebulous operating expenses and three, long-term agreements and exclusivity. The Jetpack announcement was well-received by creators, but the network is still in development and no official launch has yet been slated. In January 2016, Legendary Entertainment invested an undisclosed amount in Three Black Dot and entered into a strategic partnership for branded content opportunities. Another example of an MCN from this period is All Deaf Digital, or ADD. All Deaf was founded in 2013 by Russell Simmons, Awesomeness TV CEO Brian Robbins, Osman Aralp, and Steve Rifkind, 
The MCN focuses on urban youth culture, music, and comedy content, representing a handful of online video creators and working with a number of well-known musicians like Wale and Rick Ross. ADD is also investing heavily in original content for its O&O properties and to licensed SVOD platforms. In June 2016, ADD announced a $10 million Series B led by Alan Debevoise's Third Wave Digital. Global beauty superstar Michelle Phan and Indemol Beyond launched the Icon Network in March 2015 as an MCN for fashion, beauty, and lifestyle content. From the outset, Icon was designed to span multiple social platforms, including YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as linear TV programming on Roku and Pluto TV. Indemol will also syndicate Icon programming to AOL and Scripps Network Interactive's You Live. Another network anchored around a high-profile talent that embodies the MCN 3.0 approach is Revel Mode. In January 2016, Maker Studios and the massively popular PewDiePie teamed up to launch Revel Mode, a multi-platform network that not only includes video content, but also features game development, philanthropic programs, commercial partnerships, and merchandise. The network has already launched a mobile game called Legend of the Brofist, which debuted at number one on the iTunes store. And they are now creating an animated series featuring PewDiePie and the initial group of creator partners as characters. In October 2015, PewDiePie published his first book, entitled This Book Loves You, with Penguin Random House. He will also star in the original series Scare PewDiePie, which will premiere on the YouTube Red subscription service later this year. To recap, the MCN 3.0 phase is focused on multi-platform expansion and subscription video on demand. This third wave of networks includes 3 Black Dot, All Def Digital, Icon, and Revel Mode. Digital fluency across all major online video platforms is now table stakes, as audiences and brands expect creators to have a presence everywhere. We are also in the midst of a subscription video gold rush, with media companies and investors seeking to duplicate the success of Netflix for short-form video. And as a result, MCNs are expanding capabilities across platforms and producing more original productions for SVOD platforms. As a result, MCNs are expanding capabilities across social platforms and producing more original productions for SVOD services. Thanks for listening to this four-part series about the history of MCNs. Please keep in mind that while this framework may be helpful for understanding the evolution of the MCN business model over time, the periods outlined aren't hard and fast. Much of this applies domestically, but there are still many markets operating according to MCN 1.0 and 2.0 business models. Turkish and Southeast Asian networks, for example, are still competing fiercely to rapidly sign new talent, while many of the Latin American MCNs are focused on international growth and developing vertically focused creator communities. Each region adapts differently, and many foreign MCNs are quickly learning from the mistakes and successes of North American networks. One thing is certain, we are still in the early days of the online video industry, and the MCN business model will continue to evolve as the landscape changes. We hope you found this four-part series instructive. If so, we hope that you will share it with a friend and would appreciate if you would leave us a review on iTunes. You can also send us your questions to allthingsvideopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.